Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone and welcome to our daily Women's World Cup review podcast. We're less than 24 hours away from kickoff in the big one, the Matildas against Brazil. 2am Friday morning on Optus Sport. We absolutely cannot wait for that. We will preview that shortly for you. But first, we're joined by Heather Garriock and Tal Karp to review the night's action that was on Optus Sport. And it was a high-quality action night as well with wins too. Uh, France, of course, Germany and Nigeria. Heather, what was your highlight of the night? Oh, definitely the French game. Um, I just thought in terms of their interplay, um, it was superior. And a uh, heartbreak for Norway because I thought they, they matched it almost, especially from a defensive point of view. Um, but the French, um, the way they the way they played and, and the way they're going about their business and to get six points already in two games and to score six goals, absolutely outstanding. What do you tell? I agree, Heather. The French were formidable, but they were tested a bit against Norway. What I loved about the game, though, and for me it's been the game of the tournament so far, it had everything. So we had tragedy with Renard and, and with obviously her giving away an own goal. We had a PK out of controversial circumstances. Can't wait to debate that one with you. We had just the elation and excitement of the French scoring goals where there were Mexican wave and fans going nuts on the sidelines. So it was just a big one. Just talking about the fans, what about a full house? Just the passion uh, from those French fans. It, it just reminds me of uh, the Men's World Cup as well. And uh, the men took out the World Cup. And it'd just be great to see uh, the women on the same path behind the Matildas. Well, you, Behind yeah, the thank you very much. <laughs> you backed them all the way. You stuck by them yesterday when we went through our sort of rankings of performances so far. Did you see enough of them today when the stakes went up against a big team? Yeah, they got tested today. There's no doubt about that. And um, people see their attack. But what I saw today was a great defence from them. They, they like to drop deep. And even though Renard scored an own goal, um, running, running back to her own goal, I just thought their defence was absolutely outstanding and their overlapping fullbacks, Majri, uh, who's who plays left back, and Turen, who plays right back, both love to bomb on and, and really create things. And Madri was uh, had an assist, which was outstanding as well. Great cross. Those centre-backs are something else. They play with each other in Lyon, and what a difference it makes when you have a number of teammates that come from the same club and quite an impressive club at that. I found the defensive lineup. Very significant, as well as, as you. I, ca- I cannot fault uh, the lineup of, of France and, and the depth as well to come off the bench. So, uh, yeah, they were, they were beyond expectation again today. What about their mentality? Because I know you threw out the word choke because we, I mean, we love that. It's a good, good, nice headline. But um, that was the big question mark for you, for them, before the tournament. And they had to come back from a, a bizarre own goal from Renard. You just don't expect to see that. But it just shows everyone's human. And they... They've got a bit of luck, a bit of controversy, but they did bounce back. Have you seen enough from them upstairs? Do you think that when the real going gets tough, they're going to they're gonna pull through it? 
The big thing is when what they haven't had is to come from behind. They've scored the first goal in both games and to come from behind is a mentality thing and a character thing and that, that's where I think um, that's where we'll see the leaders rise. That we'll see, that's where we'll see the professionals and, and, the, and the real characters of the team to either throw in the towel and argue amongst each other or really dig deep and want to rise to the occasion. There has been a lot of pressure. They haven't yet really cracked under pressure, except for Renard, whose momentary lapse of concentration could have been an absolute deal-breaker for her team. But as France gets behind this team, the full house, France, uh, you know, that crowd, will that change their mentality, do you think? Do you think the pressure could get too much, Heather? All I see at the moment is a team that's uh, together, that celebrates together the coach as well. You can you can just see everybody's absolutely on the same page. I've never seen a French team like this, even though they were awesome last World Cup. This French team is just so different, and I think it's a credit to the the club football and and how how much the the uh, Lyon and Montpellier and 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 the French league and all the European leagues are jumping on board, and that's only going to strengthen the players from a pressure point of view. So they're, they're under pressure in so many major games now, not just on the international stage of the World Cup. It lifts the stakes and we saw that today because today felt like a, you know, in World Cups where you build through it, men or, 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 or women, today felt like a real contest between two big teams and that's kind of a result of all that pressure cooker uh, competition that those, those players have had. Couldn't agree more. I mean, have a look at some of these competitions that these players are playing in that they're now experienced in respect of. And we have real investment in the game. Leon, known as one of the most gender equal clubs in the world, they're really investing in women playing, look at the outcome. Norway, who we may end up, well, we hope we get through. We don't know. There's so many permutations you don't know, but the possibility they could be on our radar. Um, they've impressed so far. Um, obviously, we know they don't have Ada Hegerberg, but what did you make of them? And uh, we'll see more of them, I imagine. I was defensively quite, well, they were defensive. I wasn't defensive. <laughs> I was impressed with how they lined up against France. They um they really tightened up in defence. They were desperate in defence. They dropped back. They were able to contain the firepower of the France forwards for some time. Unfortunately, with the counter-attacks, yes, there were some patches of brilliance, but there wasn't enough there for me. And for me, Ada would have been the difference. Possibly being one of the best players in the world, but she didn't want to be here at the World Cup. And for good reason, I'm going to take you on on this. I think the statement that she's made is a big one, and it's been a controversial one with huge personal consequences. But for her to stand up and say, actually, I'm prepared to cop that for something that I believe in, that's integrity. No, I think it's standing up uh, by yourself. If you had had the team behind you, like the Matildas did um, back in the USA games, I, I, you got the whole team who unites together. I'd understand that, but because she's by herself, um, she's the one who misses out on a World Cup. It's interesting, Ty. You're a contrarian in this argument, actually, because there's a and sometimes you can see that the wave of a narrative go down one direction, and that's where it seems to be going in America at the moment with the Fox Soccer, where they led the agenda on it. Now talking about a little bit like that, where it's almost an individual martyrdom, is there something more at play? Is it maybe a bit of being a diva against the coach because she's not getting her way? Um, amidst all that, do you still see the, the, the integrity and the, the purity of, of a protest? Look, protests are always a little bit more complicated. They're not entirely black and white. But for a player to give up a World Cup... That is the biggest thing. That was my dream growing up, to play in a World Cup. That's all I ever wanted since I was seven years old. To give that up, I just think being a diva, it's too simplistic an idea. I think that's a a really easy way to put her in a box and say what you're saying, what you're stating, doesn't really matter. Look at all of the themes that she is speaking to. It's not about the money, it's about the respect for her 
And we've got a long way to go when it comes to changing the landscape for women and girls so that they have the opportunities that they need to have. But the thing about it is uh, Norwegian Federation are paying their men and their women exactly the same. So it's not about the money. It's about more her own opinion. And if her own opinion that she's standing up to was... uh, validated then the whole team would be behind her but for her to give up a world cup I'm sure she's going to look back in 10 20 years when she's sitting back when she's retired and she's going to have regrets maybe not now but I think that she will I think the clarity there is actually key as well where we've seen some quotes in the press go around about what it might be but I think it'd be really good to hear a statement or something where she can actually outline what she actually truly is is aiming for with with this boycott. But we'll watch this space because it's not a story that is going to go away. Just to wrap up quickly, the other stuff that happened last night, Germany 1, Spain 0, Nigeria 2, Korea public 0. Germany, they've got the job done. Have they done enough for us to see them as uh, going deep into the tournament? Because there were doubts beforehand about their uh, their genuine sense of being contenders. Yeah, look, um, new coach um, draws new philosophies and, and, and new ideas, but Germany hasn't slipped up yet. Yes, they didn't have the, the, the best games uh, in the first match. Today they got the job done against uh, Spain, which is important. Spain's a, a real dark horse in my mind. So they've got six points, so they've done the job in my mind. This is really Hate simplistic. Hate dark horse. <laughs> Hate it. bit simplistic, Tal, but I almost feel like there's parallels between the Spain men and women's team in that they've got so much potential, they love to keep the ball, they're they're really good on the ball, but they don't have that clinical edge up front. Yeah, right. I like that. What do you think, Heather? Yeah, I think um, you got Hermosa. Hermosa's one of the best players in the world and arguably can score goals um, for a club team and plays for Lyon and you'd expect her to to get on the score sheet. Today she dropped into a midfield role and and she played that... um, attacking midfield role and Garcia was up top and had Spain got the one or two goals um, at the start of the game, the first 15 minutes of the game, then they could have been on the front foot and Germany would have had to chase, but they didn't. So, um, yeah, I can see the similarities, but I think uh, Spain uh, need to regroup and if they win the next game, then they're into the final stage. And just a word on the other game, what a fabulous... We saw the own goal, of course, from... And we know we renamed the desk own goals this morning on Optus Sport, but what a what a beautiful finish from uh, Ashokoa for uh, Nigeria as well. That was absolutely scintillating stuff to watch. Great goal, but I can't go past the own goal because we've had so many of them and they are so devastating. And for Kim Dae-yeon, making that defensive error that just put her team back in turmoil, I mean, that, that just hurts. Have you ever scored an own goal, Heather? Yeah, I'm sure I, I, I have, probably several. And on the Locked world stage, out. yeah, on the world <laughs> stage, um, I did, I did. Um, but in saying that, I just think it's do you practice that in training? She's going away from her own goal. Yes, she did one great thing, and she didn't take her eye off the ball. Had she taken her eye off the ball, maybe she could, could have got a step behind and swung her left foot to then clear the ball, but she, she didn't. And an own goal. She needs to block that out. I'm sure that's going to be a memory uh, for her forever. But um, for Nigeria, the goal, the second goal that was scored, it was. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Outstanding. The run was outstanding off the shoulder of the defender to take on the keeper. And at a tight angle, we thought that the touch was too hard. At a tight angle, she's put it in the back of the net. I think 
from my perspective, that's that's one of the goals of the tournament. And when I saw the celebrations from Nigeria in the first round, just can you imagine the celebrations at home in respect of, of that goal? Yeah, they're a proud nation, African nation. It's just fantastic that, that they, they're they two up. I really think that there's a match on our hands with the next game. I, I really do. Nigeria and Norway, uh, it's, it's going to be a battle of the, the physical and is Norway going to get up? Um, is Nigeria wanting to, to, to steal the three points? So it, it'll be an awesome game. One of the moments of the tournament so far, that goal, absolutely brilliant stuff. Now, we hope tonight uh, it will be another one of the moments of the tournament for all of us when Australia does take on Brazil. Ta, we'll start with you. What... Why are you confident that Australia can overturn the form guide from the Italy game? Look, I'm confident, but I'm also nervous. I don't have very many nails left, and I think they're all going to disappear by tomorrow. Look, I'm confident because we've actually got our back up against it, and we've proven that when our back is up against it, we come out with the goods. We are the never-say-die Matildas. In a way, going into that first game, with the weight of expectation on us, it didn't do us any favours. Now, we have some challenges. We're playing against Brazil. They are a tough opposition. They are absolutely a tournament team. We have the concerns of possible injuries, which might lead to some reshuffling. We're up against it. That's where our mentality kicks in. I think regardless of the personnel that goes out tonight, there is a massive history with Brazil, and it, and it dates back to 2007 when they when they edged us edged us uh, in the quarterfinals, and that was Cristiani who scored a hat trick um, in their first game. And I just think there's so much um, hurt there, especially from this current group from Rio Olympics uh, bowing out in in penalty shootout. That we want revenge, we'll get revenge, and I have full belief in this playing group, regardless of who starts on uh, tonight. I think. Every single player is going to want revenge and we'll do the job because we've got self-belief and we are the Never Say Die Matildas. Speaking of that long and storied rivalry and growing rivalry with Brazil, our reporter in France, Michelle Escobar, spoke to a journalist called Anna Carolina Silva from UAL Brazil who had some very interesting comments to make about Brazil's perception of Australian football. Still worried, even though they beat uh, Jamaica, but the fact that they lost nine games in a row makes them really worried. And um, Brazil has had a history against Australia in the past few years, so it's they're treating it like a classical, which is a word in Portuguese we use to refer to a derby, a, a match with a lot of uh, rivalry, so they're feeling really worried. What do you make of that? I am absolutely flattered for Brazil to be one of the best countries in the world, for their press to be reporting that this, that they hate Australia and that it's like an El Clasico. We're flattered. Us Australians are flattered. And going into the game, I would say that Australia are favourites and, um, and Brazil are underdogs. I would never have said that in, in my history of, of the game, but... That's fantastic and that's why we need to beat Brazil is so we can continue to be on top of them. Absolutely. What a compliment from a football-obsessed nation in respect of, of our promising team. Well, more than promising, we have proven on the world stage that we are a force to be reckoned with and that comment suggests that. It shows the stakes of this game too, regardless of needing to get back into the group. If it was a one-off game, it would still be a massive contest given the way the, the rivalry has grown in recent times. Heather, you spoke on Sunday about the, the tactics and, and the defensive high line. Just to give some clarity to people who might not understand it the way that, that you do from a coaching perspective, what has to change for that to be successful against Brazil or for that to be implemented properly? Yeah, look, I spoke about the high line, which is a, a, only a minor detail. It's a minor detail because uh, from my perspective, from a defensive point of view, if I'm coaching, uh, the defence starts from the top. 
and it's it's putting pressure on the ball. And so the, the cues, you need to go off the cues as defenders. And if there's pressure on the ball, absolutely play a high line because you want to be nice and compact and you want to be able to win the ball as quickly as you can and then transition. But if there's no pressure on the ball to have a high line, is suicidal, and I'll continue to back that, and we continue to have that, and Ante's come, come out and said he's not going to change his tactics. No problem, okay? The players need to adapt to his tactics, and based on the cues, if there's pressure on the ball, keep your high line. If there's no pressure on the ball, you're going to have to drop. It's simple as that, especially Marta's coming into this game. It looks as though that she's going to start, especially with someone like Marta and Cristiano, who are so clever. You have to drop, so clever and so fast. For me, it's actually a question of basic defensive principles and I feel like we forgot a little bit about that during the last game. We weren't cohesive despite the many caps in our back four. We, we didn't have that cohesion and understanding that we needed to to make sure that we provided the cover at the right time, to make sure that we weren't blindsided at the wrong times. The other key thing as well, and um, I'll touch on this pre-game uh, before Australia-Brazil, is um, you can have a high line too, but your body position is really important as well. So you can be have a high line and still be side on, which means, in essence, you don't have to turn and take three steps to then have to backtrack. So body position plays a massive part too. We spoke about pressure with France. There's pressure now on the Matildas. There's been a, a, a lot of opinion over the last few days that they will um, bounce back with that uh, resilience and, and that kind of thing. But with the growth of the Matildas has come greater expectation, greater exposure, higher pressure. Is this a test of whether this group can cope with the weight of public expectation? Look, absolutely. And the Italy game showed, uh, I think, that we bowed out underneath a bit of that pressure, that that weight of expectation pulled us down and we didn't play the game that we know how to play. We were distracted by the Italians. We didn't play our tempo. We didn't play our game. I think this game could go one of two ways. The fact that now we have our backs up against the wall a little bit, the fact that people do know that Brazil are a real team and a force to be reckoned with, uh, and given our rivalry in the past, and given some, some niggles that are pervading our team, it might be that we feel like that this is a fight where we're actually, um, although we should be expected to win, uh, you know, there's a little bit more to it, and that might change the mentality of our players. Yeah, I think um, if we take out the positives of the first half of the Italy game, I think we really dominated that game, especially in that, that um, not the first 20 minutes because we were under the pump a little bit mm, because bit we too. were really nervous and we felt the pressure. But the 25 minutes that we played, we well and truly outplayed them. So if we can implement that and take it into the Brazil game, obviously it's vastly different because of the styles. But um, look, I, I have full faith that, that we'll bounce back and we have to bounce back. It's a not negotiable Especially this, with his playing group. When you say that, what we did—that was that. What was the highlight of that? Was it the crossing into into Sam Kerr? Was it when we, you know, dominated with quick passing? What is what is the key element that you want to see, be it structurally, personnel-wise, when we when we roll out tonight? We have to keep the ball and we have to be patient and we have to try and get Sam Kerr, Caitlin Ford, Hayley Rasser, whoever starts up front, we need to get them in and we need to be clinical and finish our chances because I know we get one up, we we are definitely going to continue to score another goal and score another goal. That that creates belief but it's more of a possession-based game and yes, we're playing out of the back but being confident to play out of the back is almost that we're scared to make a mistake so players on the ball weren't demanding the ball, and you want that. And you, you need to be brave, and you need to be bold, just like Arte said in his press conference. I totally agree. We have to play like that because that's the Australian way. And, and you know what? We will. And anyone have to come in to just change things up a little bit from the last game? Sorry, I missed that. Anyone have to come into the 11 to change things up from the last game? 
Look, um, I want to see KK having more time. Uh, I think she was a real presence when she came on. She didn't have enough time, but it will absolutely depend on our injuries as to where she sits. For me, if if I was in the coaching role, I'd turn around and look at Lisa Devana. That girl has been part of that team for over 15 years. She's got tr- so much to prove. This is probably her last World Cup. She is pumped for this game. She knows how much is on the line. She loves this game. She loves the country. And I think she would cause so much havoc down that left-hand side. Yes, she's probably not going to last full 90, but I'd start her and I, I'd get a goal up or two goals up and then get her off with about 15, 20 minutes to go. I think she would be amazing to start this game. Set the tone. She's a player that can change the tone and can bring other players with her on that journey. Rather than being an impact player and trying to chase a game, she sets the, sets the tone straight from the get-go. Well, let's hope that tonight we're talking about uh, setting the tone in a positive direction and uh, it's going to be brilliant theatre, it's going to be brilliant drama. It's, uh, you, you both will be there for it with Shel Sosbury and Amy Duggan as well. So we're going to set the alarm clocks, get the coffee on and come in and we absolutely cannot wait and we'll have much more to talk about. Half an hour pregame. We'll be talking about it for hours afterwards. And let's hope we're talking about it in terms of looking at Jamaica and kicking on to those top two positions. Because I guess the last question is, it's not fatal if they don't pick up the points that we need. But what are the consequences if Matildas do lose? The consequences are a date with probably France in the next round. And we don't want to see that. No. And then it'll be wider ramifications too, but we'll save that because hopefully we don't have to use it and we'll get to that at a later point. Well, everyone out there, again, thanks for your company today as every night of the Women's World Cup where I think we're six nights through, but I am losing track. I'm sure you both are as well. Well and truly. It's morphing into one. So enjoy. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and all the content that's going on Optus across our socials and our app and on the broadcast that you're watching. And as ever, until the next episode, enjoy your football. Go the Matildas. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.